chapters and remain standing. The title of my sermon is Christmas Presents. Hallelujah. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Christmas Presents. And how many know that during the Christmas holidays we need God's presence? Not presents, but presents. And uh, many years ago, God gave me a sermon preparing us for the holidays uh, in reference to have a Merry Christmas and what Mary meant. And the word Mary, M-E, excuse me, R-R-Y, means mighty. Remember that? And, and I'm, I analogize that sermon for uh, Robin Hood's mighty men. They were called merry men. And when I was a little kid, I said, merry men, ooh, my God, merry men, you know. I didn't know that merry meant mighty, but it meant Robin Hood's mighty men uh, in Sherwood Forest. Because Sherwood Forest was a... Quite a, quite a neighborhood, Sherwood Hood, you know. You had to be bad to hang out in Sherwood Hood neighborhood. And uh, well, in order to make it through Christmas, sometimes we got to be bad in the spirit. You need to be mighty. So that's what when you tell somebody, have a Merry Christmas, that's what we're telling them. Have a, merry, have a mighty Christmas. Be, be strong in the Lord this Christmas. Uh, don't let the devil mess with you. Don't let the devil lie to you. Well, nothing you can do too much about that. Don't go for his lies because he's going to lie to you. He's going to lie to you big time. Especially those of you who used to like alcohol. Uh, oh, yeah. Come on. You know, it's, you deserve a break today and tomorrow. <laughs> you know? All that. Then you see your family guzzling it all down and all that stuff. You got to be mighty. You got to be merry. You got to be strong. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be. Uh, that's why God, uh, I believe, gave me this sermon here for today. Christmas presents. Because this holiday season, we're going to need the presence of God. Amen. Don't leave home without it. Exodus, the third chapter, beginning the first verse. It says, now Moses was leading the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this sight, why the bush does not burn up. That's the key verse. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, remember all those Jebusites, not the termites. Okay, your tents are going to be all right. And now the cry of the Israelites <clears throat> has reached me. And I have seen, seen the way, I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now I go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, here's the key, here's the big key. I will be with you, the God's presence. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to the Lord, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God said, I am that I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Father, I pray that you would send us 
this Christmas holiday and this church together, Lord God, individually and corporately to, to have a, a Merry Christmas, a Mighty Christmas, a time where we'll be, we'll be able to uh, prepare for uh, attendance Sunday, Jesus, and that you would add to the flock, Lord God, add to your fold, Lord God, and that we would be able to go through it, Lord God, with our heads up high as a good testimony, that we would not succumb to the lies of the enemy and the temptations. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody together said, Amen. Shake one another's hands one more time. That'll allow me to get some water. Then you may be seated. Let me just make mention before I get into the sermon here. And I've been teaching the leaders this. And uh, we got this from a John Maxwell teaching. And I, I like what he said. He said that uh, temptations are from the devil to try to make us, what is that leaders? Fall. To make us weaker. Temptations are from the devil to try and make us weaker. That's what it's for. But testings, testings, there's a difference. Testings are from God in order to make us stronger. Okay? I mean, you know, we're going to go through things. If anybody's ever lifted weights, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard driving that stuff, but it makes you stronger. Uh, and as a Christian, the same thing. It's, it's hard going through holidays sometimes, but it'll make you stronger. But the devil's going to try and tempt you to try and make you weaker, to try and make you fall and mess with you. Now, here, uh, you know, the, the story that we're looking at here of Moses. Okay, and we're going to look at it rather carefully here today. And if, and if we look at it carefully, we have to say to ourselves, how can a man go from shepherd to leader, from a desert dweller to a national prophet all in one day? All in one day. It happened just like that. From a desert dweller uh, to a national prophet, a national leader. How can that happen? Uh, from a shepherd. Remember we've studied the life of Nehemiah. Nehemiah went from uh, cupbearer to contractor all in one day. Uh, he was a cupbearer, which was a rather prestigious job. And now he had to go be a country. He had to go build a wall. Uh, only God can do something like that. Okay? That's what was happening here. See, there's only really one answer. And that answer is found in the key verse that I said in, in Exodus 3.2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses. Had that not happened, we probably would have never heard of Moses at all. But the presence and the appearance of God makes all the difference in the world in a person's life. God appeared to Moses. See, there's a number of reasons why you and I, we can conclude that Moses probably would have, you know, uh, remained a shepherd all of his life. There's a number of reasons. He should have and he probably would have and could have remained a shepherd all of his life. There's a number of reasons why we can conclude that. Number one, the first reason is rather obvious. Why Moses really should have not become a leader. He should have not become a national, you know, a prophet or a household name. He should have just remained a shepherd all of his life. And reason number one is easy to assess because of his age. The guy was 80 years old, people. Uh, I mean, it doesn't make too much sense to call a guy, you know, when he's 50 on Friday, you know. Uh, it doesn't make sense to call somebody when you're age, even, even if you're young. How old is that boy that was singing behind that pulpit? Can God really use it? Age can be such a detriment in people's lives. Uh, that's what was happening here. Most people do not embark on a, on a life-changing, world-shaking experience in the twilight of their life. Uh, most people don't do that. Now, tonight we're sending a young man to, to Manila. He's only 18, 19 years old. Most people won't begin a life-changing experience at that age to go shake, help shake a nation, go help shake and shake a continent at that age. Uh, but God doesn't look at age. And we need to understand that. If we allow age, or if we allow it, 
And most of us do. Age can pretty much dictate a lot of our future. Well, I'm too young. I'm too old. Uh, I'm, I'm in the middle. Uh, when we allow age uh, to do that, when we allow it to, to then, you know, our future can, when we allow it to get in our way, our future can thus seem to be pretty much unchallenging. I'm too old for there be any, any pizzazz or any zest left in my life. I'm getting too old. Uh, and we can allow age to mess with us. And that was one of the major reasons why Moses should have remained a shepherd the rest of his life because of his age. Reason number two, why he shouldn't have been a national leader. First of all, because of his age. But don't let age get in your way. That's what I want to tell you here this, this morning. Reason number two then, because Moses had tried many years before to do what he could, what he could do to free his Jewish people. Uh, and he had failed miserably. Remember when he, when he, he, he got the Egyptian and he downed him? He, with his bare hands, killed the guy? See, Moses had tried to be a national leader. Moses had tried to do things on his own many years prior to that. No doubt, my friend, once Moses had found out that he was a, he was a Jew himself, he had developed perhaps visions of grandeur to someday help to liberate his people, the Jewish people, the Hebrews. He no doubt had somehow felt like Queen Esther would feel years later that he'd been born for such a time as this. I mean, he was thinking, man, look, at here I am, second in command to Pharaoh. There's got to be a reason for that. He felt destiny in his heart. Like many of you should as well. Especially belonging to a ministry like ours. We intend to put, you know, powerful churches in every major city of this planet. And then in, in, the, in the small cities as well. In due season. But that's destiny. That's, that's you know, that, that's, that, that's purpose of what I was talking about. And you belong to that kind of a ministry. We're still in the sibling stages. We're still getting going. So there's purpose. There. We should feel a destiny. I know when I came into the home, if I felt it 26 years ago, and we only had one church out, you should be able to feel it now. I, felt, I was in the home, and I said, man, I want to help this ministry. I want to, and God spoke to me. I told you, God spoke to me the, about the third, fourth day I was in the home. Huh, you're going to help this man. You're going to help him in, in the ministry of Victory Outreach. And if I caught a hot way back then, uh, you should be able to catch it now. Once you see all what has been unfolding within our ministry of Victory Outreach. Uh, so, you know, again, Moses feels that he, 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 he should help assist God in liberating his race. See, the liberation of his race had no doubt been one of his dreams. Somehow he felt a call to be used to help his heritage, to help his people, to help the Hebrew nation once he finds out he's a Hebrew. He feels, man, I, you know, there's a reason why I'm here. I know that I can help them. I know Pharaoh. Uh, I can pull string. 